Yeah, they got actual A-listed actors to do this. I guess Paul Giamatti is the rat judge. What, a, what an interesting thing to me. I like all these get equal billing, too, as if they're all as important. Uh, the head dentist is William H. Macy, which the French actor and William H. Macy are two very different people. I assume Forrest Whitaker would be Ernest. Oh, uh, Jeffrey Wright is in it, too. I don't know if you'd know him or not. Uh, he's on the he's on this title yeah, right here. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. He he's done like a bunch of HBO things. Um, I think I showed you the airplane thing, where for, that little short that they did, where for like he's every single person on the plane, and like some of them are scared they're gonna die because there's turbulence on the plane, and other ones are talking about how it's technically safer up in the air than it is down there, and starts talking about like injustice back down on land, and it's like don't worry, in a couple hours we'll get to our flight we'll land safely and everything will be our everything will be just as it was it's like well that's what i was afraid of no i don't think i remember that at all hello and welcome to the last ones in podcast i'm e joined with robbie hi uh that's it dry is gone yeah just the two of us today but as always since dry is gone that means i brought a movie he would probably dislike (laughs) and this time i brought Ernest and Celestine, which, in the Wheel of Things Dry doesn't like, is French. And animated. And animated. <laughs> no. He definitely doesn't mind animated stuff. Uh, yeah. So, I yeah. mean, as much as we joke about it, he does like some animated things, but very specifically, he does not like French animation. No, he, he has gone on record a lot of times to talk about his disdain for French animation. So, this is a movie I think I've had for almost two years. I just watched it today. Yeah, I was going to say, is this the first time you've watched it? <laughs> this is the first time I watched it. Oh, boy. Uh, but, you know, that's how it be sometimes. <laughs> I, I just got it because I remember when it was new, quote-unquote. A bunch of people were talking about it. I was like, oh, this seems kind of neat. I guess I'll put it on my, like, wish list. And then I think it was a Christmas I got it for. And it took you this long to watch it. And it, it took me this long to watch it. I mean, that's that's pretty good for my track record, <laughs> no matter what. Sure. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there's movies that I bought back whenever I was still living in Utah that I haven't watched, so I guess I don't have much room to talk. So this is another episode where both me and Robbie are going in blind. Yeah. Or went in blind, I guess. We watched it. Yeah. But yeah, I'd never even heard of this. I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into. He just said French animation. It's like, okay, cool. That's about all I knew about it. I had a a slight advantage. I knew it was a bear and a mouse. Robbie didn't even know that. (laughs) No, I didn't even know that until I saw the... (laughs) Front cover, and then I got somewhat of an idea that was completely thrown out of the water once we started watching it. Yeah, this is a this is a really interesting one. I, I think I made the right call on not having try on this one. I don't think you would have got. I don't think you would have liked it. I don't know. Or at least I think you would be like, I don't know, it was fine. I hate to say this, we usually have this conversation about you, but like a couple times whenever just me and Dry on the podcast, and like, yeah, I don't know what you would think about this movie. Like, maybe he'd be okay with it. I don't know. <laughs> It's it's such a I feel like it's a bigger crapshoot with me versus Jiraiya because like something like this one like Jiraiya would hate that it's animated on I think it's on twenties or so not on twenties that'd be very slow twenty frames per second oh yeah <laughs> on twenties to be fair there's there's some parts of this movie that are like literally one frame a second yeah that's fine uh so I don't, he wouldn't like that and then I think just it's like a very Things happen, adventure movie. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when it comes to us talking about the plot of this movie, whenever we get to it, it's going to be very simple and very straightforward. Because this is, for the most part, a kid's movie. Yeah. Uh, It has a couple lessons that it's trying to teach in it. But I think 
mostly what we'll end up talking about because it's for me at least was the most interesting part of this movie was the visuals yeah for sure um that we'll probably be talking a lot about that so yeah as i said neither of us have watched it just general thoughts i guess i don't know i'll do with this in my order not whatever order Dariah wants. <laughs> yeah that's fine uh yeah what are your general thoughts about the movie generally it's not bad uh like i said i walked into it completely blind didn't know what to think at all about it uh we did watch it with the original french audio and just read subtitles yeah. the entire way which i think they did a pretty decent job with the subtitles of this yeah uh, there are a couple times i feel like they should have put some in but at the same time it sounded like they were just stammering uh they're either stammering or they're just saying each other's names yeah so yeah no pretty good job and what i th- i was like curious if it was gonna work in french and i think it worked well because like unlike you know like japanese the french do lip sync heavily yeah not and like the japanese do to an extent but not like like the characters are clearly saying this very specific words right to where if you were french and you turned off the audio you could probably still tell what the characters were saying if you knew how to speak french yes yeah. <laughs> so we couldn't always well there's that there are a couple times where they are just kind of like muttering or you're not supposed to be able to tell what they're saying and like even if you don't speak french you can tell that like they're just going boo, 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 and you can't tell what they're saying yeah yeah um it's storyline is fine. Uh, I think for me, the biggest thing about this was probably the animation itself. Um, it feels like this is a movie based off of, I, I want to say that there's a couple that like wrote a children's book series of Ernest and Celestine, Celestine, Celestine. And uh, this movie's based off of that almost. I, I believe that's the case. I, I didn't like do a ton of research, but I pretty I, sure we that's both went in blind. Yeah. So like, we're basically going off the judgment of just the movie itself. I do like the fact that this movie looks like it's almost like a watercolor painting brought to life. Mm-hmm. And that's probably my favorite part of this movie is a lot of the cool, crazy little things they do here and there with the animation. Like some of it feels like the animators are just flexing on like their yeah. ability of what they can do. But yeah, yeah it's, it, it's enjoyable. Like, I'm not going to say it's like the greatest thing we've ever watched, but it, no. it's, it's not bad. Yeah. I think, I think that's probably about where I fall too. like, Story-wise, it's, like, perfectly serviceable. There's some interesting decisions they did that I think, like, an American animated kids movie wouldn't. Right. Uh, There's, like, a huge plot point at the start that feels so out of left field (laughs) (laughs) that uh, we'll get into when we get into. Um, Yeah. I I think the part I ended up really enjoying is the creativity of the animation. Like, there's some jaw-dropping, like, visuals that happen, and it will be, like... Oh yeah, uh, this is our scene transition from winter to spring, and it's like this gorgeous art piece animation. It's right. like and it's done, and you're like, wait, that didn't even do anything. <laughs> that was that was just to get to spring, right? I don't want to inherently say carries, but I think in a sense that's the only word I could use is like that. I think it does that a lot carries. of heavy lifting for yeah, this it movie. does a heavy lifting. I think because like the main thing is serviceable. It's very like kid friendly stories in a way. I think like Zootopia is probably a pretty good like. Uh, comparison with this movie though i think they they go into very different ways of how they want to do a lot of like aspects deal with their subject metal yeah. matter <laughs> their subject battle the metal <laughs> <laughs> there's our general thoughts i guess we'll get some of the information out here it's rated pg for some scary moments which sure i could think of one <laughs> that might be a little much for like a baby <laughs> <laughs> so yeah rated pg hour and 20 minutes it is a little bit weird, I think, with it being French animation and being mm. some of an older movie that I'm sure, if you're in France, probably is easier to find than yeah, it is here in the Americas. Netflix or whatever. Yeah. But um, 
With the usual suspects, it's a little bit weird. For Redbox, it's $3.99 to rent it. For Vudu, it's $2.99 to rent it. For YouTube, it's $1.99 to rent it. But if you rent it from either Google Play or Amazon Prime, it's $1.79. But <laughs> probably the most accessible way to watch this is for free on Tubi, as long as you don't mind any advertisements. Gotcha. I think that's a completely good way to watch this movie. Yeah. Even with ads. I and mean, it, hour and 20, like I think on Tubi, maybe have like maybe two or three ads. Yeah. Anyway, so let's let's check out this back of the box. Deep below snowy cobblestone streets, tucked away in networks of winding tunnels, lives a civilization of hardworking mice, terrified of the bears who live above ground. Unlike her fellow mice, Celestine is an artist and a dreamer, and has a hard time fitting in. When she nearly ends up as breakfast for a bear named Ernest, a grumpy street musician, the two become unlikely friends and embark on a comedic adventure that will challenge their communities to change. Critically acclaimed and nominated for an Academy Award, double asterisk. <laughs> Ernest and Celestine is a gorgeous watercolor painting brought to life full of slapstick comic energy and a real heart, and one of the most memorable on-screen friendships in cinema history. I, I, I disagree with that second part, but all right. <laughs> it's just funny to be like, ah, oh, you know, these two up there with all the great best friends in all of <laughs> cinema. You know, Frodo and Sam, get the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, fucking, who gives a shit about those two? <laughs> Once again, I think it's going to be pretty tame and like pretty straightforward on the actual plot of this movie. Yeah. Um, it basically describes the main overarching thing that c- unites this whole movie together. Because this movie is also like a series of vignettes. Yeah. The main thing is there's bears above ground and mice underground. And they're in that weird half like half step between like civilized society and still animals because like the mice still burrow and stuff and are and can be like killed and eaten by the bears yeah and that's normal but whenever you go up to like bear society like mice are something to also be feared because they're kind of more of a nuisance and a pest yeah so like mice bears just are kind of humans basically kind of yeah uh, if humans could understand mice, that's really the it's it's yeah, like ratatouille, but like, but mice are also kind of human as long yeah. as they're underground. Like, it's a whole weird thing. Like, there, I feel like we're probably missing some context for some of the weird things that are in this movie. I don't even know because, like, I can't imagine because again, presuming it's a children's story, like, what else would they do? Like, what else would they even talk about? <laughs> like, they're not going to be like talking about the socioeconomic. <laughs> And all and like the political commentary of the bear country versus the miceland. I mean, they kind of do that with this movie, but I think that's kind of more of like a little nod for parents that might be watching this with their kids. Maybe it kind of feels that way, at least. Yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting things. Uh, anyways, so the the main so the first half almost is basically one story, which is that like Celestine. Uh, after I like this thing where she's an orphan. Yeah, she's an orphan. It, she's in the orphanage, and the orphan, the orphan leader, <laughs> what are the they head orphan master, the head orphan master, uh, is like, hey, watch out for the big bears. They'll fucking kill you. And she's like, what if, what if, what if we're friends with the bears? And she's like, you're a fucking idiot. You, that's what. Um, 
I, I got to Google what the head of an orphanage is. Or like <laughs> it's very important that we the orphan, the head orphan, <laughs> the head orphan. Uh, so yeah, I so, guess founder. I guess founder. Sure. Uh, so yeah, it does that, and then it kind of cuts to Celestine as. I don't even know if she's an adult at this point or just not really. Older. I think she's yeah, I think she's like getting old enough that she can work for herself. Yeah. Or something cuz it seems like she's uh almost like in this internship to where she has to go up to the bear world and steal teeth. Yeah, that's she has to steal teeth. That's her goal. Yeah. So she like finds this candy shop and the the parents are like, "Oh, you lost your tooth, so the the mouse fairy will take your tooth and give you a quarter." Yeah. And, and then, like the one family that our Celestine ends up going towards, uh, he's like, "Well, I want two quarters then." And like the dad's like, "Ah, that's my boy." At a boy capitalism, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, they see Celestine and is like, "Oh my god, a rat! Kill it!" Yeah. Uh, uh, immediately start going crazy. Yeah, and I, it's very like wacky Looney Tunes kind of cartoon slapstick. Yeah, which I like a lot. I, 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 I think we don't have enough like slapstick in in society. <laughs> I, we used to like whenever I was a kid, slapstick was still very much a huge thing. But then they got they went on this whole big tirade of just like, oh, what if kids start hurting themselves more often? We should stop teaching them to be violent. And then like slapstick started to go away. <laughs> I learned that there's a ton, there's tons of families that banned their children from watching Ed and Eddie, saying it was too violent. Yes, and that's hilarious to me. Because that is such, like, a silly show. I mean, somebody who grew up watching Tom and Jerry, I do find that silly also. Yeah, uh, yeah, Tom and Jerry, like, when they're like, I kind of get not, like, maybe don't show the characters that the kids are watching heavily, like, smoking and drinking. Like, Well, not even maybe. that. Like, they're legitimately yeah. trying to kill each no, other. No, yeah, they would shoot each other with guns. Yes. <laughs> you know, but you, kids can't get guns. That's that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's very funny, like, going from Looney Tunes to like the dilution of Ed and Eddie, which is just silly slapstick versus right. like slapstick, but with guns and weapons. But and like, then like after that, it's like no, no more slapstick. <laughs> but I feel like as a kid, I still understood the idea of like, oh yeah, this is just a cartoon. Like yeah. this isn't real. Like this is silly. Like, yeah, for sure. But you know, anyways, guess, that, that's to say the French have clearly been picking up our slack. <laughs> Apparently, there's yeah, I, the slapstick of this. I think is generally extremely funny. <laughs> The slapstick does get pretty funny. I think that for me, the funniest thing about this was like the mom talking about like the mouse fairy coming and yeah. like taking the tooth and leaving behind a quarter and then seeing an actual mouse and freaking out. Yeah. And then the dad just picks up the or picks up the bed with both the wife and the child on the bed and throws it at the mouse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Celestine falls into a trash can and then the dad bear brings out a broken dresser and just drops yeah, because like they basically destroyed leave. the kid's bedroom <laughs> yeah. trying to kill this mouse. And so the dad, he puts a whole bunch of mouse traps on the bottom floor. And, like, yeah, they throw away all the stuff that they broke. And then, like, the broken nightstand, which they put on top of the trash can, which traps her inside of the trash can. So she's just stuck there until someone can help her out. Yeah. Uh, next day, Ernest, we're following. Uh, he's he's a one-man band. And he's, yeah. he's trying to... Well, he's waking up, uh, realizing that he has no food in his house. Yeah. Tries eating a bird, but fails. <laughs> And then decides, yeah, he's going to pick up all of his instruments and go into town to try to busk to make some money so he can eat. No one gives him any. A kid almost gives him a waffle. Almost. Or not even the whole waffle, just like a bite of the waffle. (laughs) But the mom isn't isn't letting it happen. 
But as always, to please come to ruin everything and take all of his instruments. Yeah, like I thought they were going to arrest him at first, and then like it was going to be like, well, I guess I can have a hot meal in jail tonight. But no, they just take take all his instruments and tell him like you got to pay your fine by the end of the week, or else you can't get your instruments back. Yeah. So he eats his fine and goes looking in trash cans, and eventually finds Celestine. Uh, is like, all right, I'm just gonna fucking eat this mouse. And she's like. Hey, uh, what if you don't eat me? Yeah. You, ever, you think about that? It's like, but I'm hungry. She's like, but I'm a mouse. Like, how am I going to fill you up? You're giant. Yeah, I, I'm all skin and bones. Uh, and she's like, but hey, I know where you can get some good food. And then points him to the basement of the candy shop that she just took a tooth from. Yeah. And then breaks into the cellar, our cellar window for him. He goes in. He starts eating all the candy. Uh, she leaves. And yeah. he stays down there and like, Basically spends the entire night just eating him out of house and home. Yeah. Uh, so she goes back to the mouse society uh, where there we learned that, like, teeth are just, like, super important. Yeah. Like, it's almost like their currency. Yeah. kind Not even really, because, like, they use it to replace their teeth. Yeah. Because we, we get, like, this whole big exposition dump about how... Uh, their teeth tend to wear down after a while, and so they yeah. need to replace their teeth with stronger teeth, and the best teeth to replace their teeth with are bear teeth because they're the strongest teeth. And then, like, shows, like, the head dentist is kind of, like, almost the leader of society because he's the head dentist. Yeah. And also, you know, you basically just become a dentist or a worker in this society. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, all right, Celestine, you're too busy drawing, you, you weirdo. Come back after you get 50 teeth. Uh, so the next day, bunch of like s- just town stuff happening until the candy shop owner's kid tries to buy candy from him, but he's not allowed to have candy because it's bad for your teeth, <laughs> and only the other kids get to have bad teeth candy. Yeah, not the actual candy shop owner's kid. Yeah, and, and he's then... like, "You wanna, you wanna be like the people who have to go to your mom's shop, and on the other side, the mom sells teeth. Yeah, good teeth." I don't know where she gets these teeth. I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, okay, the, the mice get the teeth from the bear, and, like, you know, kid bears lose their teeth or whatever. Right. I don't think adult bears regrow their teeth. So what are these teeth? Yeah, they would have to be kids' teeth, probably. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Do, like, do they take rotten teeth and clean them up to be good teeth? Or, like, like are they I don't all, know, are I don't they know just the fillings? Is. Like, what, what are these teeth? Are they like porcelain replacements or something? Yeah. I, I don't know what the logic is supposed to be for this one, but You're it's probably also, not supposed to yeah, think too hard. Probably about it. because this is a kid's cartoon we're talking about, but while we were watching the movie, like I did make the comment of like this is like going off of Warhammer logic. Because yeah. like the orcs in Warhammer use teeth as currency. The orc that has the most teeth is the richest of the orcs. Kind of like with this, like the bear with all the teeth is the richest of the bears, is yeah. what it, yeah, it, it's kind of <laughs> pointing out, I guess. The joke is that like they're basically like a perfect duo because the dad sells stuff that ruins all the people's teeth and then they are forced to go to the mom so they can have normal teeth. yeah so they're uh they're selling you the problem so that way they can sell you the solution yeah kind of thing, so which... it's really a critique on capitalism when you it, think of it It kind of is <laughs> kind of is actually. Um, i guess one of those things like if you google it uh procter and gamble actually is currently being sued because uh i think I can't remember how much of them, but like a lot of their product actually has, or a lot of their shampoos and conditioners have ingredients that make you lose your hair. Oh, good. But then they also um, own Rogaine, so they're oh, the hair causing the problem and selling you the solution. Great. So this is like a real thing that is happening. Yeah. But the, they're kind of like taking the piss out of it with this one. But yeah. Anyways, so 
Also, I feel bad for any parent who's like trying to listen to this with their kid, and they're like, "Oh yeah, maybe this might be a good um, movie for our kids." It probably is, but we say fuck a lot on this podcast, so I apologize. In in listen, general, if, if you're a ten year old listening to the podcast, go over to your parent right now and ask them what fuck means. <laughs> Totally not going to get anyone younger or older not allowed. Specifically, every ten year old listening to our podcast. <laughs> if you're nine thinking... or eleven, don't don't even dare. <laughs> yeah, again, if if you're looking listening for the specific answer of is this a good thing to show your kid? For sure, I think they'll yes, get a huge absolutely. kick out of this. This is like very very fun. Look at has a lot of fun characters, a lot of good slapstick, all all of the things that you need for yeah. a growing child. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, Celestine's. Like sees Ernest. Uh, Ernest is getting arrested again because you know he yeah, just broke uh, <laughs> the candy, the candy shop, shop owner. owner in particular. He's looking for marshmallows because the kid wants to buy marshmallows. He's like, "Oh, I think I have some down in the cellar. Let me go check." And he goes down there, and Ernest, I guess, yeah, uh, he's down there sleeping or sleeping off eating all of his candy. And then the shop owner starts yelling at him, and he tries to escape and starts breaking more things while trying to escape. Yeah, and he gets stuck in the window because he's too fat. Yeah, because he ate all the candy. Anyways, the shop owner is like, yo, police, and the police are there in two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> There's one car in this town, and it's the police car. <laughs> no, no, it's a police car, and it's the candy oh, van. Oh, yeah, and the candy van. But we'll get to that one. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so they, they arrest Ernest, and they like hog tie him up and like muzzle him yeah <laughs> which is crazy i mean you said that it looked like they were beating him up at first up until they walked away and he's just all hog tied with a muzzle on him yeah i mean that would have been more realistic arguably <laughs> i mean for america it'd be more realistic yeah. i don't know how french police deal with their hooligans uh but celestine's in the car because they're driving to jail presumably i right. guess uh and celestine's like hey if I free you, will you do me a favor? And then Ernest is like, uh, yeah. And so she unties his feet, which ends up kicking the front of the cop car, and they don't think anything of it. And he's like, mm-hmm. she's like, will you do me the biggest favor in the world? And he's like, yeah. And then undoes his hands. It's like, you promise you'll do me the biggest favor in the world? And he's like, yeah. And then she undoes the muzzle. The Omega biggest, super forever biggest thing ever in the world. Do you promise? He's like, uh, yeah. And yeah, they, sure. Just get me out of here. <laughs> yeah, they leave. Uh, they come back at night and steal all of the tea yeah. from I, the I mom's thought it'd shop. Be like, like count out fifty exactly, and then like they look and like, oh no, someone robbed us. The safe is open, kind of thing. But no, like they take all of the <laughs> they teeth. Took all of the teeth, and it's a it's a hilarious scene because like she's like, you gotta be quiet. Ernest is like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, oh, it's. She's like, oh, it's probably in the safe. Let me just like pick it real quick. And he's like, I got this. And he just starts like fucking starts throwing, throwing it across everything. the shop. <laughs> It's, again, this movie's this movie is really funny with a lot of the slapstick. It, it has some good like little slapstick moments because like you don't see inside the shop; you just see the shadows yeah. inside the shop. But you see stuff getting rustled around outside as he's just like tossing the entire shop upside down. Basically, the Havila teeth. Um, Celestine can't carry the bag, so she asks Ernest to carry the bag down with her. Yeah, and so, he's like, "All right, but we'll be even after this." And you're, I'm a free bear. She's like, "Yep." Head dentist comes to his office in the morning, and everybody's gathered around the front desk. I'm not sure why, and it's Celestine with her this big old bag yeah. that she's sleeping next to. And he's like, "Hey, like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be getting fifty teeth." And she's like, "Oh, hold on a second. and opens up the bag and <laughs> full just like teeth. thousands and thousands yeah. of teeth inside <laughs> so, of this bag. And again, they, like you, you think like realistically, you think she would just steal like fifty or something? No, she yeah. stole every tooth from that 
to it's store. Like, oh, it, it's kind of just like one of those like, oh, I, I need 50 bucks to get by for the day. I'm going to take everything out of this rob safe. a bank. Yeah, I could rob a bank because I need 50 bucks. Like, that's what it felt like. It's like, man, I could really go for a McDouble right now. And then you <laughs> rob the bank and buy a McDouble for $4. <laughs> Luckily, the police are waiting for you outside when you do that. They, they let you finish. Sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah. I may or may not know that from experience. <laughs> <laughs> when you were, you were off the bank recently? Not allegedly. <laughs> not allegedly. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, that happens. But then back at the orphanage, uh, Ernest just decided to sleep yeah, in the Yeah, he's just orphanage. sleeping inside of the orphanage, you know, the place where they do all the fear-mongering against bears in this story. Yeah. And, like... It, I did make the comment of like, oh, that's why the roofs are so high in this orphanage is because they needed to have that shot of uh, Ernest just sitting in the back and like nobody noticing that he's just sitting in the back. Though like the mice aren't that much smaller than the bears. Normally not, but in this scene they are. Yeah, it's it's weird. So it's it's super inconsistent. Not that it matters. Yeah. Sometimes the mice are like half the size of a bear, and sometimes they barely go up to their shins. Right. So it it really just depends on what joke they're making, which is fine. Or what scene they're trying to animate. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, So yeah, everyone's like, "There's a fucking bear in here," and he's like, "Oh, where? Oh shit!" And they're like, "Kill him!" And so the scene's like, "Uh, what if we didn't?" They're like, "Traitor." And then uh, Celestine and Ernest have to run. Another, like, amazingly animated scene where all the mice police make this, like, tidal wave of yeah. mice. Like, the mice police kind of move like they're liquid. Yeah. And it's it, kind of amazing in this really weird way, but it's cool how they animate it. Yeah, it, it's so, like, fun to watch. Uh, But basically, they get all out. They escape. Uh, They steal the candy van. Uh, and the police, yeah. the bear police, start chasing them. Well, because yeah, during this time they're taking. Um, the dad needs to go resupply the cellar after yeah. er- er- Ernest uh, ate everything, and uh, the mom is talking about how she got robbed in the middle of the night, and how she could have swore that she locked the doors uh, mm-hmm. bef- uh, before all that happened. And then like Ernest comes out of the sewers, and the police see him, and they're like, "Hey, stop there!" And then he ends up stealing the candy van and driving off with it. Yeah, and then just. Another really f- fun and in like really well animated scene of like the police are on the chase and they like grab a hold of his door and then he like pulls away and like just this whole line of police and stuff. yeah like <laughs> like holding each other ankle to or a hand or hands to ankle mm-hmm. to make this thing and like the, the police are just like oh we're never gonna let go of this car you better you better stop right now it's like all right well what about that pole up ahead and then the pole splits them and then like apparently they're just going fast enough that the cops could run at the same speed that they're driving. Ah, uh, they're probably going like twenty five. Yeah, something like that. I mean it is a bear. <laughs> yeah. So actually yeah. You make a point. I feel like bears can probably run up to like Bears can 40, run pretty fast. Right? Something like that. <laughs> Help me Google one, Kenobi. Yeah. Uh but yeah, they're like, You better pull over and he's like, Ah, oh, sorry guys, it's my turn and then you like turn and they just hit they hit a big billboard that's like Bear Police United We Stand. Yeah. I think one thing that I liked before that was uh, the fact that, like, the bear police and the mice police were, like, working together because they were both going after them. Yeah. And just like, oh, you'll never get away from us, Ernest. Like, oh, I'll catch you, Celestine. And and they realize, like, oh, wait, you're a bear. Oh, wait, you're a mouse. And, like, they separate from each other. And, like, <laughs> the bears start walking back to their squad car. And, like, 
the mice just the like sewer. start going back to the sewer while they're just like backing up and staring at each other. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so eventually they basically just escape off at this point, and Ernest goes back to his home, and he's like, "All right, bye." And so the scene's like, "Uh, what if what if we don't say goodbye? Because I have nowhere to go." He's like, "That's not my problem." Yeah. You like you said, I'm a free bear, so it's not my problem anymore. She's I don't know like, you favor. We're even. We're square. She's like, what if I stay here? He's like, get the fuck out of here. He throws her out. She's like, okay, but what if she just like keeps walking back into frame yeah. from a different spot? And Which, like, that's something that you pointed out is like, whenever he throws her, it's always like a frame a second when yeah. he like picks her up, throws her outside, closes the door, and then like she just appears back in. Yeah. It's, it's, okay, it's really fun and like... One of those things that I think works so much better in animation than, like, yeah, if I, it was live I, action. I can't see this working as anything but an animation. I, even though, like, it's just a fun, like, kids movie. This, I, I think this whole movie only really works as an animated movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, But, yeah, so he keeps trying to get rid of her. She won't. And he's like, I, I'm just going to get rid of it. She's like, the only, well, you know what they say about mice? You can't get rid of them. So the only way you could get rid of me is if you kill me are you gonna kill me your nest are you gonna poison me you know we're, we're too smart for rat traps these days we know how to get past them so you'll have to use a glue trap and if you use a glue trap i get stuck to it and i start panicking and i, I try to escape in it i try so hard my heart explodes do you are you gonna make my heart explode or nest he's like oh no i don't want to do that <laughs> also during this time he's like trying to cook chocolate just chocolate or, or like making like a chocolate <laughs> sauce or something but like while she's telling him all this she goes by the way your chocolate's burning and then he starts stirring it yeah. real quick <laughs> it's, it's it's just a really fun scene overall but yeah eventually he's like listen mice live underground and the bears live above and she's like well you got a cellar he's like i guess she's like i'll live in the cellar then and he's like wait wait no she's like i better not see you come down here and he's like i better not see you come up here uh, and then they, like they just like agree to s- stay separate from each other. Uh, that lasts approximately eight hours, <laughs> if that. Yeah, I- I'll say this part of the movie is really weird pacing. Yeah, I think it's trying to show like, well, like they don't like each other at first, so we're gonna have to put something in the plot so that way they get along. Yeah, I almost just kind of wish they just didn't bother with the like. Oh man, they're so mad at each other. Thing. Well, it's really just Ernest. I, I, yeah. I feel like you could just skip that part and just have the fun parts after this, and it's I, fine. It's it, not- it, it would have been almost the same movie if like she's like, "Hey, I need a place to stay," and he was just like, "It's like, well, you, I, like, fair is fair. You said that we're even, so I'm not gonna do anything." She just says, "Please," and like he just hit, looks in his humanity and goes, "Fine, come inside." Yeah, but- or just like stay in the cellar and then yeah. you can have the rest of the movie just just like it feels so weird that it's like especially because they're like pretty like having fun with each other it yeah seems. i don't it, know i don't know i think they kind of wanted to play on the like the listen i don't like you and you don't like me i like you okay i don't like you but you might like me but i don't want you here <laughs> yeah it goes into like a montage basically of like just them living with each other yeah celestine just trying to like make herself make it more habitable down in the cellar because everything's kind of a mess down there. Yeah. And then, like, while she's getting her bed ready, he's playing piano, and, like, he hits notes really hard so that way he can get What I'm assuming are marshmallows yeah. to, like, fall into his mouth. I think they of... only do sugar snacks, Yeah, they basically. look like sugar cubes. Yeah. But it could be either or with this movie. Yeah. Well, I just feel... I think the candy person basically only sells, like, sugar candy. Yeah. 
because it was like candy floss, marshmallows. Uh, I guess lemon drops not as sugar candy, but uh, it's still sugar, but it's more of like a citrusy yeah. sugar than it is like a chocolatey sugar. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, he yeah. seems to just sell sugar f- snacks, basically. Like the snacks that will rot your teeth the fastest. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, it's it's a bunch of like back and forth of like Celestine kind of trying to push, see how far she could push her boundary, basically. Kind of. Well, because it's more her getting annoyed with him while she's trying to sleep. Because first there's the piano playing. And then he goes to bed, and then he snores so loud that like it causes her hammock that she makes under or down in the cellar to shake, mm-hmm. which makes it hard for her to sleep. And then I think it's in the morning she wakes up to him sneezing because he has that hole right above his bed where snow is falling in. Uh, well, she like so it's it's weird because basically the next day she like paints him, and then right right, and then he's like, "Hey, this is pretty good." Yeah, and then she's surprised because that's the first time anyone's praised her art because they're. Uh, down in rat society like oh you shouldn't be an artist you should be a dentist only dentist allowed yeah <laughs> uh but yeah so Ernest's like ah oh, nah you know that reminds me how my dad wanted me to be a judge oh yeah <laughs> and she's like wow we're like we're the same my father was a judge my grandfather was a judge my, my great grandfather was a judge my great uncle was a judge and then he takes the painting of what was supposed to be him as a judge mm-hmm. and puts her painting over it and it's like hey this looks way better now yeah, and he's like, and then she's like, oh, what if we do another painting? He's like, okay, oh boy. She's like, of you. And then it does like him posing, but then he starts sneezing because of the snow. Right. Uh, and then he's very sick, I guess. Or, oh, wait, I almost forgot because there's another like, re- the one scene I could see being scary elements is when she has her nightmare because it's like her in a boat in like a sea of mice all yeah. like trying to pull her back down. And just it like looked, keep, it looks more like spikes almost, but I got, I do get what you see with that because like the thing about the police in this, uh, they all have very much a cone shaped face. Yeah. So whenever they're g- kind of like swimming in their sea, it almost looks like spikes are coming at you through the water. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, they keep saying like the big bad bear is gonna kill you, the big bad bear, and then it, she wakes up to her and asks being like, "Yo, uh, uh, you having a nightmare?" I'm I'm not the nightmare. I'm her nest, which I feel like that's something that might not translate very well. That just felt weird, <laughs> like how it was phrased. I don't know. It almost feels like there's a scene of missing of her, like having a night terror and saying like, either the bear is gonna eat me or her nest is gonna eat me. And like, hey, like I hope you don't. You're not scared of me. I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah, like I think that's the intention for sure. I it's it's just weird. Like this whole part's kind of weird because of the pacing. Because like yeah, you get a scene like that. But it's, like, after they're, like, having fun painting. Right. So it's, like, it feels out of nowhere. Because then, you know, then Ernest is sick, and she, like, gives him water, and he goes to sleep, and he, like, sinks, literally sinks into his bed. It has, like, a dream about candy. But then it's a nightmare, because now all the mice are eating the food. Yeah. And again, it's, and like... there's none left for him, and... It's just weird, because, like, it feels like it's out of nowhere. Kind of, I think it kind of goes along with like the whole because the main idea of this is not to have prejudice towards somebody that you don't yeah. know, and like because there's a lot of like the mice have a lot of prejudice towards the bears, like how they're scary and they're gonna eat all the mice and blah 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 blah, and then like the, the bears are inconvenienced by the mice, I yeah, guess. Yeah, pretty much. Like the mice are gonna come and steal all the teeth, and they're gonna steal all the food and whatever else that they're gonna get from people. Do you think they actually know the mice steal the teeth? I would assume so because of the fact that they made their tooth fairy a mouse. But like a mice is a mouse is just a small thing, and like you you would see mice scurrying along. I mean, maybe it, it could just also be like you know they're a pest, so they don't want them around. Yeah, 
It's just like, that's it could like, be either or. Yeah. Once again, we're probably reading it yeah, into it too much. Like we watch probably aren't supposed to think about any of this. Yeah. Like we, I think we watch too much philosophical movies where you're supposed <laughs> to think really hard about all the stuff. But this is more or less of just like, hey, there's two people from different sides and they're prejudiced towards each other for reasons that they yeah. don't even re- fully understand, and it's stupid. But yeah. I'm going to mostly skip this part because it's just like a, again, like a montage. Yeah. It's kind of montage. It's back and forth. You know, they start to get along with each other more often. Like Celestine takes care of Ernest whenever he's sick. He gets better. Uh, Has fun. Yeah, they have fun with each other. They get snowed in, but she wants to paint the outside. And so he like pokes a hole out through one of the windows so she can see the outside world and paint the winter, which I think is probably one of your favorite scenes. This yeah, movie. for sure. Because like she just paints basically a hill because, yeah. you know, winter is basically just this white blanket over everything and Ernest is like ha if that was a song it'd be like this and it's this like beautiful like concophony of all of of, like the simple notes yeah forming a picture like it it is basically taking the musical notation of the violin that he's playing Mm -hmm. and it's making it into an image of like these hills going up and down in a winter storm almost uh kind of and like as the song gets more complicated the more it turns into like green and luscious into uh transitioning into spring which I have to agree with you, might be one of my favorite transitions it's in a movie. Such like it's so like beautiful. Especially just that it is that system of like as it gets farther along and more complex, you get the spring starting to come out until you can no longer recognize the winter anymore. It's right. just like this beautiful scene. And it's so funny because it ultimately does it's just a transition. But it's really good transition. Like I do really like the way that they did that. Yeah. Uh it kind of does remind me of uh, if I can remember, I'm trying to look up the guy's name real quick. His his name's also Ernest. Uh, yeah. I'm Resch Singer, I think, but he's a, a celloist. Ah, he's done a lot of really cool music for orchestras and everything. But there's a video of his that I really liked, where they got a painter, and they showed him some pictures that this guy did as a painter, and he like played a song of like how he felt while he was looking at that picture, and while he was playing, looking at these pictures, the artist was sitting there painting like what he was seeing through him playing all these different songs and all these different notes and so it was like art creating art and it kind of gave huh. me the same feeling of that it was really i thought it was really cool yeah that sounds really interesting but yeah then it's spring again uh they're like oh man now that there's not snow the car's visible it's, she's yeah it's this big red <laughs> van out in the middle of nowhere like they're gonna be able to find us like ah cops don't come out here they're not gonna find us it's like well oh, if you have oh, a big yeah. red van here they're gonna find us they're like I gotcha, and they just paint it so that you can't. You, so it just looks like the forest. Yeah, and it, it's another thing that like works so much better in like an animated thing because like yeah. it literally disappears, basically. Yeah, it looks like it's camouflaged up until Ernest goes to walk away from it, and he bumps into it, and like you see the forest shift where yeah. the van is actually supposed to be at. So it goes into like, oh, it fades into the background, almost like camouflage, into like, nope, it's there, it just looks like the background, and that was another co- cool little like artsy thing that they did with this movie then it like it rains and they're like oh we got to get inside and then like the rain causes the paint to run off and also the rock that was holding the van to because it's in mud now so it like got submerged so yeah. the car just like Which, i guess the plot point that we uh forgot is like whenever they first got got back from stealing the van uh he parked it and then it started going backwards and so uh, he just yeah. put a rock behind the wheel so that way it wouldn't roll away but now that's raining it's all turning into mud and so the it goes over the rock and just starts yeah. plowing down starts back into the barreling town barreling back into town and like hitting everything yeah it starts basically destroying the town as it's going back into town like their their crimes so far were basically 
theft of two stores. Yeah, they they <laughs> stole some candy and some teeth. Uh, now they're definitely like just thou- like tens of thousands of dollars in property damage. Yeah. On top of the theft. Actually, I wonder though, like, would you be held accountable for that? Because it's not like they were driving. I guess it's technically their fault. I was going to say technically it's the owner of the vehicle, but since they stole it, it's technically it's technically the owner of the vehicle's fault. But it's also the people who stole the vehicle's fault because yeah. it took the owner out of the equation by stealing it. Which I guess Grand Theft Auto is also another oh, yeah, I guess another that's crime. That ah, that's done a so minor far. crime. <laughs> it's a minor crime in comparison <laughs> to stealing teeth and candy. Everybody knows that. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, so like. It all barrels down until hitting the candy shop once again. Yeah. This poor family. <laughs> really Completely done destroying anything. the poor guy's yeah. candy shop. Uh, but he's like, oh my God, what happened? But then he looks and sees that the trail was like painted back, basically, because yeah. of the car. Uh, and luckily, uh, paint does not wash away in the rain unless specifically on a car. Yeah. Only if it's on metal. But if it's on asphalt, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay there forever. <laughs> Definitely won't wash yeah. away. <laughs> Uh, so the next day, don't all, quote me on that. Yeah, all the police show up, as well as the rat police. I don't really know how they, f- or I guess they just saw the car too. I'm assuming so. That or they're following the police lead because, like, the police are just following the paint yeah. trail. Uh, all of the police, by the yeah, way. So Literally like the, every the mice trail. police and the polar bear police are both following this trail, but the mice police are following it underground with like this yeah. weird excavator that has a mouse face that's like eating the dirt as it's yeah. going forward. Which like. If they have if they make technology like that, why do they even bother using their real teeth? <laughs> I, I don't well <laughs> they had like that whole big thing about how like mice aren't as strong as bears, but they're a lot smarter, therefore they're able to build this advanced technology by like rerouting rivers down and then like excavating the land underneath because like they live in almost like this underground utopia in some places. Well, but the problem is, is since wh- they use their teeth or a dentist. Yeah. But the problem is, is since they use their teeth to build everything, like it gets worn down, and that's why they need bear teeth to replace Yeah, but like if they could teeth. just invent a thing that could just do the digging. <laughs> Which apparently they have. They yeah, just don't why use don't they, it. Why don't they just use those? <laughs> I don't know. Um Leaps of Logic. Well, I was gonna say leaps of logic, but once again, we're probably yeah, not thinking to this think movie. about that. It's just funny to think about. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh but well, yeah, they all show up uh to arrest Ernest and Celestine. There's like a half plan where she's like, Celestine's like, go hide in the in the cellar, and then she walks out with like a bear mask. Yeah, and, like, and she's, oh, what are you bear police doing here while she's trying to sweep? And then, yeah, uh, <laughs> a gust of wind blows it off. And she's yeah, like, uh oh. <laughs> and then, uh, that's just gets stolen. The, yeah, the mice just like overtake the entire cellar, just drag it back to the mouse cell. Because as we know, the mice police just work like a liquid. Therefore, yeah. if like you get caught by the rat police, you're just now just in an ocean of rats being carried away Man. to prison. Drowning in a rat ocean would be a lot worse than just drowning, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's rats that sounds like more lungs. of a crazy nightmare than just regular uh, drowning. <laughs> Man, that's got to be like top... 10 like worst ways to die uh, i'm like, sure there's somebody who in rats or any others fall yeah, i'm sure that there's somebody who has a reoccurring nightmare that is just a drowning in a sea of rats <laughs> anyways so we're at the end of the movie basically uh they they are both put on trial but in the opposite lands yeah uh ernest is being uh tried in rap or in mouse prison and yeah. then celestine is being tried in bear court in both cases they're like listen if you give up your partner uh, we'll, we won't we'll, kill you. We won't kill you. 
because yeah, like they're gonna they're preparing a mousetrap for Celestine if she doesn't talk. And then when you go and see Ernest, they're preparing a giant mousetrap <laughs> for him that's good, that's bear sized, which is like arguably wor- like more like fucked up than if they just like killed him, right? Because <laughs> uh. like we were talking about like the once again overthinking yeah. this movie, talking about like like he has to hope that it breaks his neck or else it's gonna be super super painful. Yeah, because like you know a mouse is like so many ounces like their bones aren't that strong but like right when you start like getting to the size of a bear just getting hit by a thin rod of metal is just gonna like it probably decapitate them if you're lucky if it yeah. could go that fast i don't know how strong uh, how good of a mousetrap that could be yeah that's also fair but yeah uh they're both put on court uh being tried for their crimes uh each has different crimes i guess yeah uh, Ernest is his crime is going into rat society and being a bear and in rat society. <laughs> so Le- and, Celestine's and, crime is being inconvenient. To yeah, the is being bears. inconvenient to the bears, and then also because they say that she's hiding Ernest, even yeah. though she says like I have no idea where he's at. Like that's the big thing is like they're both asking where's the other person so we can try the person that we really want to try, and both of them they're saying like I'm not telling you anything basically. Yeah. Uh. But like. In a fun bit, like, both courts show how they're basically, like, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And, like, have a lot of the same things. There's also amazing animation with Ernest, because he has two mice as his, like, yeah. handcuffed to him. But, like, every single time he moves his arms, he just has, like, these rat bracelets that are just hanging <laughs> off of yeah. the ends of them. Like, like those two cops are doing their damnedest to, like, try to hold him down and keep him in place. But, like, like they're, just, they're lucky Ernest just goes along with right. this. Like, like, this is right up there with the Man of Steel, wherever, like, they arrest Superman and he's in handcuffs. And then, like, whenever he's, like, I'm done playing with you guys, he just, like, moves his arms super casually to his side and just, like, snaps the handcuffs like listen like i'm just here because i don't want to show you guys that i'm a threat kind of thing and that's kind of the same thing that's happening with Ernest. yeah um but like the court keeps getting crazier and crazier there's yeah, just, like the fights judge- break it out of the jury yeah the jury is uh the jury is going into this big old fight because like uh the defense lawyer is trying to talk but one of his teeth falls out and like one of the things of this movie that we didn't talk about is that if uh the teeth don't are if the mice don't have their incisors or like the two front teeth that are supposed to be you know do most of the heavy working, if one of them falls out they can't talk and one of them falls out with the uh defense lo- lawyer because you see him earlier like getting one replaced but it keeps on falling out and so it falls out here and he can't talk and the jury is trying to figure out what he's saying and no one can figure out what he's saying so they just start beating <laughs> the crap out of each other as you do yeah as one does. <laughs> I hate it when I go to McDonald's. I don't understand the guy, and I get out of my car and just start beating the shit out of the person in front of me. <laughs> it's such it's it's really inconvenient, but that's all you can do. You, you jest, but I feel like that's actually happened. <laughs> I don't think it would be for not hearing the person taking your order, but I'm sure there's been many fights. There's probably been dumb out. reasons. Yeah. Uh, but like but, as it goes crazy, like the judges keep banging their gavels, which causes a lantern to fall over, causing a fire in both because the mouse. The mouse court is under the the bear court, right? And the mouse court, uh, like the judge is getting so heated over everything in mouse court that he keeps on banging his gavel over and over again to where finally a lantern falls over, catches everything on fire, and everyone leaves except for the judge who keeps on banging the gavel and yelling at the other person, which is also happening up um uh, with the bear court. Yeah. Um. Again, showing like they're basically the same. Yeah, they're basically the the same side or. Uh, Opposite sides of the same coin, I guess. Yeah, two sides of the same coin. Sure. Um, 
However that quote goes. I think you're right. Two anyways. coins with one side. <laughs> a two-face coin. Uh, anyways, yeah, that happens. And then, like, everyone starts fleeing the courts because it's on fire, except for the judge. And, like, Ernest is trying to tell the mouse judge, like, uh, you're on fire, dude. And he's just like, no one leaves this court unless I say so, blah, 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 blah. And the mouse, the mice that are, like, holding him in the handcuffs are like, Let's just fucking go, yeah, man. <laughs> they're trying to leave, but they're also attached to a bear that they, so like, they're just. He's like, I'm not going to leave this guy to die. <laughs> yeah. And then the same thing happens with Celestine, which is honestly probably more courageous on her end. Cause like yeah. both judges are on fire, both up and are up in the bear court and down on the mouse court. Uh, Ernest just has to like, you know, grab the mouse, our mouse judge and bring him outside with Celestine. She has to do all this other stuff in order to actually like get the drape that's behind him and throw it on top of him yeah. to uh, put the fire out. And then he just picks her up and is like, all right. Yeah. All and right. well, like once the drape goes on top of him, he realizes like nobody's left or nobody's left. Like everybody left everyone me here. abandoned me. Yeah. Everyone here abandoned me except for you. And then, yeah, just like cradles her like a baby and calmly walks out of this courtroom. That's raging on fire and like has four by fours falling on top of them yeah. and everything. Uh, but they both get out, and then in both cases, the judge is like, "Hey, what do you what do you want?" And then yeah. they're both like, "I just want to live peacefully with the other one." Yeah, with the other one forever. And like, okay, well, since you saved my life, we'll give you what you want and not charge you with anything. Not charge you with the massive amount of destruction. Yeah, that you the massive caused. amount of property damage because now it's stealing candy, stealing teeth, stealing a stealing car. a car. Uh, destroying yeah, destruction of property, destruction of an entire shop, and now destruction of two courthouses. That's not that's not on them. To be fair, it's not. But <laughs> directly, I'm sure that they, with the leaps of logic that this movie has, I'm sure that they could find a way to blame them. Also, I guess they were wanted criminals for like an entire season of this movie, like probably four months or something, something like that. Yeah, which I think that's a crime. <laughs> oh, um, aiding and abetting. Just like not showing, just like being warranted. I yeah, think that's well, a, that's what I'm saying. Like aiding and abetting because they're both helping each other uh, escape yeah. the other, or helping the other escape from prison. So, but all all the all the crimes are dropped. They're all yeah. they're all good. You know, they're all good now. People are less, our mice are less prejudiced against bears. Bears are less prejudiced against. I don't mice. even know if inherently that. I think they're just cool with their necessity. Maybe I don't. It's something happens. Yeah, it's it's one step forward. Yeah, I, that's what I mean when I said like I think you could compare it a lot to Zootopia, where they but they did very branching paths because like Zootopia, a lot of focus is on the society aspect, whereas this is directly on them, right? As like people, I guess, as animal people, as animal peoples. Because <laughs> like they did like the whole thing with the bears too. Because like uh, whenever the bear judge asks Celestine what she wants, she's like, "Well, I want to live with Ernest forever." It's like, oh, it's like, you want to live with a bear? That seems kind of weird. But don't you live with bears? Yeah. It's weird. It's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, so they're free and they're in the house and like, Ernest is like, man, we should, we should like tell our story. And she's yeah. like, no, it's sad. Yeah. Which well, is... she's like, we shouldn't tell the story how it happened because our story starts out so sad. And he's like, all right, all right, I got it's it. Like, it didn't start that sad. You tried to eat me. It was a joke. <laughs> Well, I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> yeah, but they like rewrite it in a way where Ernest finds her as like a baby. Like, yeah, he's, he's a, a street sweeper yeah. and she's a baby. And I assume this is probably what the actual like storybook is. It, again, we're assuming there's a storybook. We didn't check. No, we didn't check, but like it seems like there would be. And I feel this. like I heard it's based off of like a children's series. Yeah. 
I, I wouldn't doubt if it was, but even if it wasn't, like this seems like how they would start a children's book series yeah. of just like how a bear and a mouse became friends. Yeah. Uh but yeah, then that's that's it. It just ends. Yeah. Well it, it ends with them saying like beginning of like them telling their story. Yeah. But this is why I say it almost feels like a married couple who like whenever they first met each other, they didn't like each other, but they wanted to tell their story in a way that like their kids could appreciate. And so like, how about we make you a bear and I'll be a mouse. And like how we didn't like each other because you're yeah. a bear and I'm a mouse. That's and- the, that's the part that's like weird. Cause like on one hand, it feels like Ernest and Celestine are like the same age. Yeah. But a lot of the way that they treat Celestine makes her seem like she's like, like she's a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like confusing. And yeah, I, but I, again, you're probably just not supposed to think about it. Probably part. not. But like at the end of the movie, they do almost feel like a married couple. Yeah. Like, well, like, I, I say that in a good way, though, too. The but, story like, would be weird if that's the case, because, like, Ernest would be, like, a fully grown adult finding a baby. Because he even says, like, yeah. oh, yeah, and, like, I took care of you until you were good to be on your own. Yeah, even though that's more of uh, Celestine taking care of him throughout most of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Again, right. you're, you're not supposed to Probably think Probably not about supposed it. to think too, much, too hard about it, but, but yeah, that's, that's kind movie. of what we do on the podcast is overthink a lot of these things. Yeah. The only other thing of no, I think, to bring up now is, like, when they finally reunite and like it's it's really interesting to see because like as Celestine like runs towards Ernest, uh the background starts like fading out until it's yeah, just it's like just a white two. storybook. Which honestly is another thing that I did like about this was um the beginning of this starts off with like you just see a drawing starting to happen, like a children's yeah. drawing, and then it forms like a pencil doing the drawing, and then a hand holding the pencil while it's doing the drawing. And then like the world starts to like kind of fill in around it. Yeah, and then there's also the scene wherever um, Ernest and Celestine first meet, and like she's waking up, and the first thing she sees are like jaws that are coming towards yeah. her, and like the rest of the world, like it's kind of like it's being painted as she's waking up because like the world is starting to become real around her in a weird way, and then like in this one, it kind of almost goes backwards of just like you know the only thing that matters is those two, so everything around them fades into like you said, just those two. Yeah. It it's like it's a really cool like decision, like a really interesting art artistic yeah. decision. They made a lot of really interesting art decisions in there, but really cool ones though. Yeah, for sure. Again, like if you watch this movie, I think the visuals are alone worth watching. Right. Which that's actually another story that whenever uh I think I was like in middle school, I don't know, it's probably gonna take me forever to find it through a Google search. Uh there was this children's story, and it's a super simple children's story. It's about these goblins that um that lasso up uh rainbows so they can eat them basically like it's super simple and like at the end um a rainbow actually tricks them and then they end up drowning in the rainbow and dying <laughs> of course it's this whole big thing but like <laughs> it's not super complicated of a story but like the uh the story was made by a guy who is a very well-known painter and he just wanted to like have a reason to paint a children's storybook so he wrote one just so he can make the paintings that were on there and really really good paintings for it too but i cannot remember the name of the story probably because the last time i read it i was in the fifth grade (laughs) yeah that's fair but yeah that is ernest and celestine yeah so i guess we'll get into final thoughts uh why don't you start like i said it's simple uh if there's any reason i'd watch the movie again it would be for the art like some of the shadow work that they do like at the very beginning with like the the head of the orphanage like telling the story about how bears like to eat mice and be scared of them boo kind of thing and like her shadow is like this big scary yeah, thing that the back part's of her. really fun yeah uh while she's telling this even though she's this old lady and like also like the fact that like she keeps on th- like 
pointing her tea at people like it's a like it's a finger almost but like it they find a way to like use physics to where like the tea always drops back into the <laughs> yeah. cup it was fun uh some of the tooth stuff that they do in there with like the dentistry was kind of fun um yeah they put like the tooth in like a pencil sharpener, sharpener but like puts threads on it so they can like just thread it into uh, a mouse's mouth uh a lot of the water paint uh scenery in the background is really nice uh like we said a lot in this the kind of like water movement of the mice police is really fun in this uh some of the stuff that they do um with the backgrounds and like the dream sequences are really cool art sequences like i feel like this is mostly made for the art which is i thought i thought it was really cool it is very much a style over substance, but I can appreciate that. Uh, but that also being said, it is a very simple children's story when it comes down to like what the plot is of this. But it's still enjoyable. I feel like if you have kids and you want to show them like something different, something that's like not Disney, something that's not Pixar, something that's not DreamWorks, like this is something you can show them, and they would probably enjoy it about as much as you would. Uh, I overall, I'd say it's like a six point five out of ten. Like it's not my first recommendation, but it is an enjoyable thing. Like especially from an art perspective, it's really mm. enjoyable. Uh, as for me, I I definitely agree. It's a very like children's book. Uh, but there's just a lot of fun, and I think I I always really enjoy like seeing other countries like yeah stuff like this because like this isn't there's not gonna be like an American style of this. Because this is a, I feel like this is just vehemently French, yeah, for all intents and purposes, much to draw his dismay. Because <laughs> <laughs> like every every country has like this different way of storytelling, right? Um, and I, I think it's a shame that for most people, the only thing they ever look at is like America and then Japan sometimes, right? Which Japan also has a very different t- type of storytelling, than right? Us for sure. But like, and well, that's also a very recent thing. Like, America didn't really like, and even whenever they first got it, it was a very niche thing. Like in the late '80s, whenever we yeah. finally got Japanese anime in America, and, and same it thing. was a VHS, and you had to hope that someone dubbed it right, and that like it it was a very niche thing. And so like it was, it really wasn't until like Toonami and Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon yeah. that it started to become more of a mainstream thing and that wasn't until the late 90s and then it's the same thing like you don't see a whole lot of American cartoons in Japan either and like more than more than you would think there actually is a Cartoon Network actually had a pretty decent presence in oh. Japan okay uh, but not like, like super big like one of the funny things to me is uh, Ed and Eddie actually was dubbed in Japan but it only got to like the third season huh so I, I assume it must not have been very popular Possibly, but yeah, I feel like Ed and Eddie's also very Americanized. Yeah, too, so. that is a very American. But yeah, I, I feel like there's, like you said, like this doesn't work as much in America, but it work. It is very because it is very French. Kind of like there's certain cartoons here in America that wouldn't work in other countries. Yeah. Or like, I even think it hardly would have worked. Just like the the format itself is just very different, right? Because like, I don't know. I there are definitely some of these in America, but I feel like in general we don't like the thing where it's just a bunch of vignettes and like somewhat of an overarching story for movies. Right. We definitely enjoy that with like shows and stuff, but cause yeah, some parts of this movie could just be like their own little sketches. Yeah. Like again, like I think the weakest part is the middle. Cause it is just like them chilling in a house. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's still needed because it is them like learning to love each other and like learn to yeah. get along with each other and everything. And like kind of goes to show that like, if you spend enough time with somebody, even if you don't like them at first, like eventually you will find things that you like about them and you'll start to get along with each other until the point where you actually enjoy spending time with each other. Yeah. And like, I definitely, I like, I don't think it shouldn't have it, but it's, it's a very interesting thing 
where it just like takes a break from being a movie essentially. Yeah. Um it is very much the filler of this movie, but yeah. All right. All, all this saying, I I do quite enjoy it. The visuals are amazing. Like I love them. I love looking at it. Um I I definitely think this is a this is a good pick for like if you just need a family movie to put on. Yeah. And like it's one where I think the adults will definitely get some stuff out of it. Again, I I love slapstick. I am so sad that like slapstick kind of died off in America because like and you know a lot of that probably just stems from how much I loved Ed and Eddie growing up and right. like, Looney Tunes and stuff. But like I don't know, it's just like it's so different now that like the closest to slapstick you get is like action cartoons in a way, kind of yeah. And like that's that's definitely a different beast. But yeah, I I I think this movie is incredibly hilarious. I uh love looking at it a lot of the visual humor is pretty good in this too like yeah you said with the slapstick and just but like yeah. yeah the staging and a lot of shots is really interesting um i love the art style for sure like it's such a yeah beautiful like watercolor it, it looks like a children's book yeah too and like it's supposed to obviously this probably seems high but like fuck it it's my rating i i probably yeah. would give this an a i think it's really enjoyable okay i don't think it's one i'll go back to a lot but you know, like, I have a niece, and maybe when she starts getting older, I'll show her it. Stuff like that. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. Like, I would definitely watch this movie again. It's not one of those, like, yeah, I'll never watch it again, but it was fine. Like, it's not like that, but yeah, it is definitely worth going back to, especially, like, if you have kids or you have nieces and nephews. or. And I actually should check, because I think this has a sequel. I Yeah, whenever I, I looked up uh, where to watch this, I saw a couple other ones pop up. So I don't yeah. know if it's a show or you had some shorts or what happened I, with it. I think it's just, I think it has a sequel movie. I would have to look at all of it. Um, Maybe I'll check that out. I don't know if I'll bring that to the podcast because I feel like it would be like this again. Right. But yeah, uh, an eight for me. And Dry can suck it if he listens to this and says, <laughs> fuck you, E. How'd you give this an eight? But you gave Ouija two a three. I mean, it's what we keep on saying is you're an enigma. Like, me and Dry are still so uncertain about what you will or will not I, I, I have like. a feeling he would expect me to give this I rating just because of what it is. Yeah. It's like a but fun that's the thing is, like we were saying, is uh, I'm pretty sure Dry would have hated this movie, too. Yeah. I can't I, say for sure, but it doesn't matter. I, I don't really think he would like get much movie. out of it. I, I think the highest he would ever say is it was okay. Yeah. That will be this episode. Uh, if you guys. Uh, want to get a hold of us? We have a link tree, l i n k t r dot e e slash l o y p, gives you a link to the social media, our podcast stuff. You probably know what you want to listen to us, though. Yeah, and we're in all the podcasting places. Yeah, and of course the Twitch stream every Wednesday, every Saturday, most Mondays we do uh Twitch streams. Mondays, me and D do rando fightos where you have a big ol' wheel of random fighting games we spin it and we'll play one for 30 minutes and then switch to another one it's really fun which from the sounds of it it's usually the same one over and over again we we haven't gotten soul Calibur in a while so luck- <laughs> luckily <laughs> it was very it was that for a while you guys need to take the weight off of that wheel i know <laughs> uh wednesday i should have just played a one-off uh all you could go check that out see what it is and this saturday robbie should be finishing Anodyne. Hopefully, yeah, because Dry will be back, so he should hopefully be finishing Anodyne. We'll see how much we got done last week. Right. That's that's all that. Yeah. So, uh, thank you all for listening, uh, Robbie. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. So, if you're out and about, uh, if you see some tasty candy inside of a cellar, try not to steal it. Try not to cause any proper damage. Check to... for razors first. Check for razors in your candy. That's 
totally not something that somebody just made up one day and then became the zeitgeist of Halloween candy. What do you mean? They made a whole movie off of it. Uh, it, it it's not a true movie. I hate to say what? it. What? It's not a documentary. Damn it. I don't know who put that sticker on there, but it's not quite true. <laughs> but yeah, don't be stealing our ce- seller candy. Uh, try not to cause any property damage, but try to make some nice art if you're out and about. Yeah. But whether this is the very first time you've listened to us or you've been since the very beginning, thank you for listening. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you, Robbie. Yeah. Thank me myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.